Wednesdays with Walton, and it's always brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. Find out how you stay in the game with an alternative to surgery. And that is the folks at Blue Tail Medical Group. Doctors Bays, Crane, and Wolf, located in Chesterfield, they will keep you in the game. And that is with Blue Tail Medical Group. It is your body's ability to heal itself prior to surgery. So if you're an athlete, the elderly, uh, someone has an issue and you need surgery, before you do it, make sure you call and get yourself checked out at Blue Tail Medical Group. There are doctors all over the world uh, trying to see what they do to keep people uh, healthy and keep them in the game. And that's BlueTailMedicalGroup.com. Let's bring in Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, and we do this every Wednesday. And Brian does a remarkable job covering the minor leagues, and in particular, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. As always, Brian, thanks for hopping on. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. It's a interesting day. I was kind of hoping we'd see Game 7 of the World Series, but congratulations to the Braves for wrapping it up in six. What were your takeaways from the World Series? And when I ask that question, I'm wondering about openers. I'm wondering about bullpens. I'm wondering, do guys ever go deep into a game anymore? Strategy. What did, what did you take away from the World Series? Hey, I really liked Max Fried in game six. And that was, you know, in the old-fashioned way. And I, I still think, you know, teams that play one way during the regular season and change their whole mode of operation in the postseason causes skepticism on my part. I, I really feel that way. And you know, the Braves, again, are a good example of a couple of things, I think. One is that they were willing to make changes. They, they lost a number of guys, uh, and they made changes midseason, brought in some bats, a, a really a whole new outfield. And that a team that, you know, is a division winner but, you know, didn't even win the most games of any of the – won the least games of the six division winners got hot at the right time, and the 300-win teams all were sitting home during the World Series. So – you know, it's all about the right kind of moves in season, peaking at the right time. And, you know, the Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, are deserving champions. And now we look forward to 2022, although a little bit of a cloud overhead right now and probably will turn into a big crowd, uh, cloud, which is the pending CBA, um, which will expire in early December, December 1st, and then into the 2nd. And then it's a lockout. But I, I am curious from a uh, CBA point of view with the major leagues, how this, if any, affects the minor leagues? Because I do think people wonder, are we not going to have baseball if the CBA isn't, uh, you know, to a conclusion? And that's not the case because uh, the minor leagues continue to roll. Yeah, well, you know, it's an interesting situation, Dan. The minor, league, minor leaguers have no representation at the bargaining table, even though there will be issues that affect them that come up. Um, but in terms of if there's work stoppage, whether you call it a lockout or a strike or whatever it is, it's going to affect the minor leagues as well. Teams are going to close camps to players, and, you know, come springtime, uh, you know, there won't be camps open. There won't be any way for the major leaguers or the minor leagues to work out until, uh, until deals are done. In even nearer term, closer term, there's a lot more attention, of course, given to major league free agents. And the Cardinals have seven free agents uh, as of today and a few more coming. The, the minor leaguers, a number of minor leaguers will become free agents as well, and teams will be reluctant to sign those guys too, perhaps, you know, given this labor uncertainty. So it's just a bad situation for the game, not only, you know, in the spring, but in preparation for the season. All the things that kind of have to be done are going to get backed up as well. And, you know, with 27 days to go, you just hope that the two sides either sit down and hammer out an agreement or, if they have to come to an agreement to extend, you know, the current 
um, CBA for a longer period of time so that baseball doesn't have to stop business. What do you think? What's your gut? What do you, what do you think happens this offseason? And th- does this get you know pushed back into spring training? Because that's when potentially money could be made. And once money starts to get lost, it seems to be a sense of urgency. Or do you think that they say, look, you know, COVID was ugly. Uh, last year, we weren't full capacity. We need to market. We need to just get this thing back on track. What, what do you think? Well, if they're paying attention to the health of the game, both sides should be motivated to not take away any more games from the fans. And granted, the games that were taken away wasn't due to them. It was due to the, the pandemic and all the, the impacts of it. But the bottom line is Major League Baseball took a, a huge hit the last couple of years, they, two years ago especially, but last year, you know, attendance was down. Cardinals' attendance was down uh, for full, you know, full capacity games, almost 25%. So, you know, they really need to step back and, you know, and try to put the fighting over money away and keep an eye on the overall health of the game. It, but that's easier said than done. In terms of, and I love what you have on this site, uh, which was the Cardinals Nation's uh, emerging pitcher of the year and player of the year. Tell us about, let's start with the player of the year. What do you have there? Yeah, you know, it, we every year we have a whole, over two dozen awards. We um, award the best players, relief pitchers, starters, relievers at all the various levels. But there are kind of some guys that, that, that slip through the cracks, guys that maybe are starting to come to light for the first time, uh, have had a career year, but maybe they moved across multiple levels or maybe they were overshadowed by somebody else. So we started uh, Emerging Player of the Year and Pitcher of the Year uh, two years ago. Yvonne Herrera was the Player of the Year at that time. Of course, everybody knows him now as a catcher in the top five in the system. This year, the Emerging Player of the Year is the first baseman named Todd Lott, who uh, was drafted in uh, 2019, played at uh, State College his first year. Uh, was below average in terms of hitting, but, a, you know, a college player getting used to the game. He moved up, uh, started this season at Palm Beach, and then earned a promotion to Peoria. And, again, you know, didn't have the attention of a Jordan Walker or a Mason Wynn, but put together some very nice numbers as a uh, as a power-hitting first baseman. So uh, Todd Lott's a guy that, you know, is not a top prospect, but he's on our top 50 list and certainly, um, you know, has potential for the future. Um, on the pitching side, we picked a 21-year-old at Palm Beach named Inohan Paniagua. Uh, Paniagua is uh, from the Dominican Republic, uh, had come over to the U.S. for the first time after pitching a couple years in the Dominican Summer League, put up an ERA under 3, uh, 1.2 um, whip. So, you know, not too many base runners on the base. Uh, supposedly, according to his pitching coach, this young man, Paniagua, has six different pitches in his arsenal, and uh, they never know for sure what's going to be um, what's going to be working on any given day. But with those kind of offerings, uh, you know, you got to like what you see. And he's a young man that's taken advantage of the strength and conditioning. Was signed at 150 pounds in 2017, and is now up to uh, is to up to 215. So Paniagua is a guy that we could see more of in the future. When you say in the future, how far away are these guys, and and where do you think they start in terms of level uh, next season? Well, you know, th- hopefully most of the players that that performed well will get the opportunity to step up a level so for example we're going to be watching very closely in the spring Jordan Walker you would think would get a big league camp invitation but will Jordan Walker after splitting his year between low A and high A will he get a shot at double A uh, for example so there'll be a number of guys like that like Herrera we expect he'll be the starting catcher at triple A so we'll see we may not see guys jump over levels like we saw this year with uh 
um, with Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson, but I think the Cardinals will continue to push forward their top prospects aggressively because it's worked out pretty well for them. I was looking, and you mentioned Zach Thompson. I loved your interview with him, and you were at the Arizona Fall League. Every time I look, he's putting up numbers. The walk rate, a little high, which has been a concern, but he's getting outs. He's getting a lot of strikeouts. What did you take away in your visit with uh, Zach Thompson? You know, Zach was really candid about his struggles this year. You know, he didn't like what happened in Memphis. For I think a lot of fans know he started the season very, very roughly after jumping from high A over double A. Um, and as the season went on, he progressed quite, uh, you know, showed some good progress. I think his ERA in the last couple of months was around four. So Zach was, you know, the left-hander was showing that he was getting, you know, working up to the level of triple A. He'll probably be back there this next spring, uh, next season, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing. But Thompson, you know, talked about this challenge of, of continuing to work on your other offerings so that you have this balanced portfolio of pitches but he felt like he got away from his bread and butter curveball a little more than he would have liked. And so one of the things that he said he was going to do down in Arizona and is doing is going to throw more of his curveball, which is his out pitch. And as you said, um, I think he's uh, been scored upon in only one of his outings so far in the Arizona fall league. And, you know, is really putting a nice finish together on a season that overall was disappointing for him. But, you know, you like to see a guy go into the offseason with that kind of momentum. And he's another one that we'll certainly see in big league camp. Again, probably won't make the team out of spring training, but certainly should be um, along with Libertor at the top of that AAA rotation. I mentioned that you had great reports from the Arizona Fall League. Uh, you know, just from a Cardinals perspective, what, what – and I'll wrap it up with this and then ask you what you're we're working on uh, this week. But uh, what – what stood out for you as you were looking at uh, some of the young prospects of the Cardinals? Well, certainly um, Jordan Hicks stood out, but not necessarily from a positive perspective. He just, uh, you know, he didn't really look totally engaged with what he was doing and went home after two outings. But overall, the situation down there is very, very positive. Um, we talked about Zach Thompson. Andre Pallante is getting the chance to start. Um, Jake Walsh is a guy we haven't talked a lot about, has uh, – supposedly hit 100 miles an hour in Springfield, but I know can throw upper 90s uh, and looks like a, a potential relief helper for St. Louis. And then on the offensive side, I mean, you know, my gosh, everybody's hitting well. Uh, Juan Yepes, Lars Nupar showing tremendous power. Um, um, Brendan Donovan, another guy that doesn't get a lot of ink but can play a lot of positions and can really hit, you know, hit the baseball. Um, so, you know, the Cardinals are doing really, really well with their group overall in Arizona, the best that I can remember in some time. And I'll wrap it up. What are you working on right now at thecardinalnation.com? Well, what will come uh, be posted the next couple of days are our comeback uh, player of the year and pitcher of the year. So these are guys who had a good season in the past, uh, stepped back in 2019, didn't play as well, but now came forward in 2021. Then we'll finally close off this whole series uh, with our selection of manager of the year, and that'll go up on Saturday. And then uh, before too long, you'll start to see us roll out our top 50 prospects for 2022. The work is already underway, and uh, in November, we'll start that rollout one per day. I always love it, and I tell everybody, make sure you subscribe. Get your subscription to thecardinalnation.com. Hey, Brian, thanks, and we'll catch you up next Wednesday. Take care, Dan.